And I think it would be very appropriate for us to begin our service with prayer. And I'm going to ask you if you're able to stand. And if you have a request for prayer today, would you raise your hand and thank the Lord? Let us all go to the Lord with thanksgiving and with our petitions today. Our Father which art in heaven, Lord, how we praise your holy and righteous name. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here today, and we thank you for all the blessings and benefits that you have provided for us all. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us in this service here this morning. We miss so many that are not here today, and Lord, especially those that are at the retreat, how we ask your blessings upon them, and Lord, supply the needs of the retreat and the attendees that are there. Bless us in this activity today as we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I realize that... Let's pray for a safe return of our families. Pardon me? Pray for a safe return of our families. We do, and we got... Just about everyone here has got a connection to those that are there. And we do pray for their safe return. And... Well, let's just give a special prayer for that because uh, you may remain seating, but let us breathe a prayer for all of our uh, families that are there, spouses, children, uh, church family. There are so many that are there that would ordinarily be here and we'd have all three sections occupied today. So let us pray for the retreat success and the retreat coming home loved ones that we have. Father, we do thank you for our loved ones and we thank you for every one of them that have been privileged to go to this retreat this weekend. I thank you, dear God, that you will be with them in a special way be with them, the vehicles that they're in, their well-being. We plead the blood of Jesus upon their journey. And in the name of Jesus, we believe and accept your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank the Lord. I can tell you concerning retreats that I have been exposed to them since I was 18 years old as a young single skinny kid. Back in the 1950s, I directed the first summer youth camp that was ever held by our church in the state of Illinois. Now, I'm not going to brag on how well it went, but I will tell you that I survived. And as we have lived down through the ages of retreats, camps. I thank the Lord for the ministry that they have provided to our local churches. And 
I thank the Lord for the success that we've had from them and for our local churches and for our people over the years. Retreats, camps, they're a wonderful thing. I've never got tired of them, except I got too old to go. I, and that's okay, too, because I no longer have to get up and make my bed to please somebody. And uh, as a matter of fact, I can't even make my bed to please me, so I don't bother with it too much anymore. But we thank the Lord for it. Our service today is, will be an abbreviated service. And as you may note that I am talking also to our online presentation, uh, as well as we that are here, we're going to do two or three things that we trust will be a blessing to you, and I trust will be a blessing to those that might be hearing or in, and or watching over the online. I thank the Lord as we go into the furtherance of this service that we have the Lord Jesus Christ for us. I thank the Lord for that. And I believe the first thing that I'm going to do is to really make you feel like you're in church. I'm going to pre present our offering to us today, and I'm going to ask one usher. He's an outstanding man. And then sometimes he comes in, like today, to receive our offering. And so, Brother Joe, if you will come forward, this is our first Sunday offering. Whatever you have it designated for, please make sure that it is where it can be read. And if you have uh, no designation, but just leave it to the Lord, we will take it where it goes to. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord for your blessings, our opportunity to give unto the cause of Christ and his church. Amen and amen. And as the music plays, Brother Joe, if you will take care of our offering, I thank the Lord for it. And I'm going to uh, look at some things that I can't do. For instance, right now, our deacon gets the offering. We'll take care of it. One of the things that I can't do when it comes to church services is to sing. And Sister Molly consented a few days ago to give us a special song today. And Sister Molly, if you will come on we want to hear from you. And as you come, I want to ask you, is, did you write this song? You did. Okay. We appreciate that. And she can, can you? All right. If you will. And Brother Jude. All right. And the other one is, uh, if you will face the camera. Okay. 
by Sir Lord. I've been running, running from the Lord. Oh, pick me up, I am the one. Oh, I've been running, running from the Lord. Oh, pick me up, I am the one. Now, Lord, there's nothing in this world without you. And, Lord, we always know if we run from you. And, Lord, I've been running, running from the Lord. And pick me up, I am the one. And, Lord, I've been in the wrong all alone. And you've been right all alone. So I come running, running back to the Lord where I belong. Now, Lord, there's others up there, and they're running from you. But they need to come running back to the Lord where they belong. Oh, Lord, there's nothing in this world without you. And, Lord, I confess I've been in the wrong all along. And I come running, running back to the Lord where I belong. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And this song is about my son. I got a picture of my son. I was going to explain my uh, face, uh, my phone on Facebook, and this uh, guy who helped me with uh, painting over it. And my son was 10 years old when he passed away. And um, actually, uh, he went to the gas station with a couple boys, what he did. And while he was there, they got some gasoline. And on the way uh, back somehow, they got a hold of my son, and they took a match and burned him. And uh, so uh, uh, I, don't, I, I don't think he could have fought two boys or something, or he would have. But anyway, that's what happened. And... Uh, uh, I'll just have came up with this song about him after that, and uh, it's a true song, so I'll try to, try to sing it. That's her Lord. He said, Mama, Mama, I'm not going to make it here on this earth. Mama, can you please understand? I won't make it. He said, I'm in pain, and you know that I want to go on home. But I said, Lord, I want to hang on. I don't want to let go. But he said, Mama, you know I won't make it. I want to go on home. But, Mama, will you sing me another song? Mama, you know I want to go home. I said, son, I'll read those Bible stories, and I will sing you another song. And I said, Lord, not my will. But your will will be done. And he said, Mama, you know I want to go home. 
but sang me another song. And there is a hill that God great, and it saves us for a little while, but Jesus forever. And it says, Mama, sing me one more song. Mama, you know I want to go home. And I know, and I know that my son is with Jesus and my son is at home. And there is a hill with a grave that saves us for a little while. But Jesus is forever, and I know that my son is with Jesus, and my son is at home. All right. Thank you, Sister Molly. I think one of the beautiful things, in addition to Sister Molly and her singing is the fact that she not only writes all of her singing, but she can memorize what she sung. And uh, I think that's amazing, too. And we thank you, Sister Molly. And Brother Bob, you, you have quite a lady to have to put up with right there. Wouldn't we appreciate you as well? Before we go any further into the service, I wonder if somebody here today has a testimony that you would like to share. We live in quite a world. Some of you are exposed to the world in different ways of your lifestyle. And you may have some insights. You may have some thoughts you would like to share. So is there anyone here this morning that would like to share your testimony. Anyone? I want you to stand if you do and give these words. And since Sister Molly, your nose. Gave me a, a renewing 
All right, thank you, Molly. After Brother Joe testifies, I would like, Jude, uh, if you would come and get the microphone and share uh, some of the things that you shared with my wife and I last Sunday about the future of the leadership class and what you all are planning on doing, if you'll do that. Brother Joe, we are pleased that you are here today. And uh, why don't you walk over here and get a microphone, because your testimony, uh, we want it to go online. And uh, Thank you, brother. Uh, I was happily married to uh, my first wife for 48 years. Uh, she contracted ALS, which is a very aggressive disease. She, she passed away in less than six months. But before she passed away, she, uh, she prayed every night, and she says, uh, I'm not mad that I have this disease. It's, it's something that, that God has given me, and uh, he wants me home. And uh, she was very religious, and she, she really believed in God, so I know she's in heaven. And one thing she told me before she passed, she says, you need to get married again because you can't take care of yourself. <laughs> and uh, God works in mysterious ways. I, I was a volunteer where Vicki worked. And one thing led to another, and I invited her out for dinner. And now we're a happily married couple. And she's very, very similar to my first wife. She's the brains of the outfit. So was uh, my first wife. And I just do what they tell me. <laughs> and we all get along real good. Uh, I'm very blessed to find Vicki, and uh, we're very happy together. Yes. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Beautiful testimony. This young man has been a part of our local church way before I remember. In fact, I don't know. He may have first came here when he was in diapers. I don't know. <laughs> If, if so, that was 29 years ago, as he just recently had his 29th birthday. But Jude has been very active in our church and has just worked very hard at his jobs in life, including the one he has now. And we appreciate the jobs that he performs in church as well. And 
he and, and the youth have an inspiration that they're going to be tackling here. And Brother Jude is going to share this with us. Uh, sure. So, um, my main focus for like the last, I don't know how long, maybe six, seven years, was to disciple the kids as best as we can. Um, that way we can train them up to be leaders. Um, so I saw a lot of that come to uh, fruition from Tyler, who was probably 11 when he started joining our Wednesday night class, and now he's already in college. Um, a lot of them have grasped onto that uh, ability to just teach and grow. And at this point, um, we're wanting to train them in a way that they can teach as well. So what we were, what we've been going through our uh, our leadership class on, kind of like our version of Sunday school, is uh, having one of them teach the class to uh, Aaron and those who are much younger. So now they're kind of in the position I was whenever I was teaching Wednesday nights. So we're trying to go into um, a transitionary period where we're having them teach and having them practice that skill of just passing on what they have learned to others. Um, both what they've learned in the Bible and the scriptures and also just life experiences in themselves because they are probably becoming more and more aware of it that a lot of these younger kids are watching them and modeling um, or, or watching them as kind of like role models and modeling themselves after them. The way that they treat the gospel, the Lord, and everything that they've been in, uh, gifted to to share across the world, wherever they're at, is... Well, they look at that and see how they're doing it, and they kind of view, I guess they, they kind of shape their views from that. Whether or not it's important to you will kind of make, uh, will kind of show them a lot about how they should treat it as well. So now that the, uh, so that's pretty much it. We trained them up growing up, and now they're training others. That's That's been the main focus. So no matter where they're at, I've already talked to someone there in college, some of them will be teaching through Zoom. <laughs> I'll have a laptop out, and wherever they're at, like Jordan, who might be seeing this right now, may not be, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, people like him, or some of our young adults like him, will be teaching from where they're at. Um, I'll just have a screen up downstairs and uh, an intercom ready. And yeah, they're just going to be teaching class. So that's, that's about it. Was there anything else you wanted me to share? Right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, thank you. No problem. I appreciate Brother Jude. Let's give him a cheer, would you, that are here? I wonder if there would be someone else. Uh, uh, you know who you are. You haven't got lost in the crowd today, that's for sure, that has a testimony that you would like to share. Sister Doris, and would Joe take her a wireless mic? And uh, we want you to be heard. I want to hear you. And uh, you guys see what color it is, and so you can take it from there. Here they come.
Thank you. Hello. Would you get my drink? I'm about three cash. I just want to say that I appreciate the Lord, and I know that he is with us every day. I know he's with me every day. Thank you. That's what helps me get through the day. And I'm like Molly. I lost a daughter be five years. Uh, I was away at retreat, and I got the message that she was in the that she was doing bad, and uh, wasn't too much I could do till we got back. And ever since then, I've just had a just not been able to go back down to retreat yet. Maybe someday. But anyway, I know the Lord is with me, and I appreciate that. Uh, he's with everybody. He's with all of us. And I love the Lord. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Sister Doris. It's still on. Well, that, it could be the brother Everett or brother Steve would want to use it here for a test. No, how about Everett? All right. If you wanted the young man, you want to? No? Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank the Lord for these folks that have shared this morning. And I appreciate the words from the heart. Thank the Lord for them. For a few days, as I have thought about this day, not knowing how many, which is often the case, how many people we would be preparing for, but of course the ever prevalent thought to that particular thought is that no no pastor or minister ever knows for sure how many people he's preparing for. But what you prepare is what you want to please the Lord with, which in turn is going to please those that are the recipients of the word. It's not a great bit of theology that I'm presenting today it's a very familiar story but I trust that it'll be a story that will touch your heart in various ways for the things that we can extract from these scriptures located in Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 33 and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Interesting verse of scripture. As Brother Jude and I was discussing several things concerning this particular scripture today as he was loading it up on the PowerPoint, I couldn't help but think and marvel at the things that we do not know about this verse of scripture. I realize we're talking about 
Jesus walking on the water. But there's other things here that are curious to inquiring minds, if you please. When you look at this verse of Scripture, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples, that's beautifully worded in, from the Greek by Matthew, who wrote these words. You want to say it another way? You could say, and at the proper time, Jesus had all of his disciples to get into the boat. That is basically what it is saying to us who understand usually English. And he had the disciples after he got them into the boat to go to the other side of the sea to Sea of Galilee that they're on. Sometimes it's referred to as Lake Genesaret. It's not technically a sea because it's surrounded by land. And after he had done this, the next verse tells us that he sent the multitudes away. I don't know how he did this. In previous verses, there are thousands of people there listening to him and the disciples and the things that were being said. They were on a beach or the shore of the Sea of Galilee or Lake Genesaret. They're at the edge of a mountain as well. And they're probably as far as the eye can see either way. And he is able to send them away. There is no record of the offering plate being passed to discourage some people for staying on. There's no promise of extra food or coupons to go down to Price Chopper or go to QT and get a few drinks free drink, he, but somehow or another he sent them all away. And after they were gone, disciples on the ship, going to the other side, Jesus went himself apart to pray. He went up into the mountain. And the Bible says, in the last phrase of verse 23, that he was there alone. Matthew changes the narrative of the story at this point. He begins to talk about where he was at and the, the other disciples. The ship was now in the midst of the sea. And he tells about the fact that there's a storm coming up. It's tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. It wasn't a mild wind. It wasn't look in the, in the water and see a mirror and see yourself. It was a rugged-looking body of water. 
But somewhere along morning, about the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Now I asked Brother Jude if he had ever heard that song, Walking on the Sea. He told me no, he had never heard of it. It predates him, of course, is the reason for that. But I wonder in our audience today if there's anyone that's ever heard the song Walking on the Sea. Would you lift your hands? Anyone walking on the sea? It predates all of you, I guess. I'm the only one that uh, my wife told me about it, I guess. But anyway, it's a beautiful song. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea... They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Now, there's a background to this particular verse. It's because the Sea of Galilee was known for its sudden storms. Some of you that have fished in different places or built around lakes, you've heard of that particular lake that the wind can come off or there can be a sudden storm just the next minute and it become a very troublesome place. Lake Clinton or Clinton Lake is one of the places that I know of where this happens frequently. And many times on the Sea of Galilee, these storms came up. There were shipwrecks, people seen figures or ghosts, so they thought in their imaginations, and for who knows what they seen, we weren't there, and they didn't, some of them didn't live to write the story. So it was normal, it was, a, it was just a, a real circumstance of honesty and truth when Matthew says all the disciples that they were troubled, and some declared it's a spirit or ghost, and they cried out for fear. But when Jesus heard and got close enough to the ship, he said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now, I would just like to insert for a few moments into this sermon that perhaps all of us at one time or another, that we in walking the sea of life or riding the ship in this world that we live in, that we have came to those moments, those times, those windows of time when tragedy, extreme difficulty, has came our way, and we did not know what we were going to do. Nothing abnormal about that. It happens. And as it happens, we think of, I think of, the disciples in the ship when they seen the vehicle that they were riding in that it was being tossed possibly to join the scores of other ships that was at the bottom of the sea. 
be torn up and for them to lose their lives. But Jesus came on the scene. That is something that we all can be grateful for because Jesus himself said, be of good cheer, don't be afraid. And there was one among the disciples, yes, you may have guessed it, spoke up. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, be, bid me to come unto thee on the water. We have lots of stories about Peter, about his vocalizing, his rashness, and the fact that he was a man with good intent who did a lot of good things for the Lord and wasn't at moments afraid of anything. This was one of them. I will tell you that if I had been on that ship in my present mentality that I have, we won't discuss that, of course, that I would have thought the man was crazy. I would never have said to Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come on out there on the water. Now, I know all you have to do is have faith, but I would not have had that type of faith. Number one, I can't swim. Number two, I can't swim. That's it. I just would not have went. And Peter, on the other hand, he says, Lord, if, if that's you, if that's not a ghost, if that's not an illusion, a spirit out there, tell me to come. And Jesus responded to him and said, come. And when he was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. What a, what a sight that had to be. What a time in a man's life that that had to be. What a, what a sight it was to the ones that was on the ship watching this. There were witnesses, as you can obviously put together. He walked on the sea. No wonder there was a song that none of you have heard about called Walking on the Sea. And as he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But something happened. And this happens to all of us in life. Perhaps to some more than others. Perhaps to some not very frequently at all. But this is what happened to Peter when he saw the wind, that it was boisterous. Like when we see the difficulties in life and we don't know how to handle them or we're fearful that they're going to wipe us out. Peter became a very normal person with, under the circumstances. The Bible says he was afraid. And when he seen the circumstances, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, and when he seen the wind and how boisterous it was, what it was doing to the waves around him, no doubt some of them, if not all of them, was higher 
with white caps that he was. He was afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried. And this is something that we all must learn to do. Some of us have done this a few times in our lives. Some of us have not done it so many. And some maybe are waiting to, for that time to come when you have to do it. When we begin to sink. And things begin to happen. We can't figure it out. There isn't a man standing nearby with a life raft to put us in it. We're beginning to sink. But Peter offered the solution. He cried out to the Lord. And oh, how important it is for us to know how to do this. Is to never forget where the Lord is and to cry out to Him. And he said, Lord, save me. I really do not know how to imitate his fear or his strength of words when he said, Lord, save me. But I tell you, I would guarantee you that he had his eyes on Jesus at that point. That he was focused on the only one that was able to get us through the situation and get him through the situation. So he cried out, Lord, save me. And when that happened immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. And I, I like for us to understand, caught him, because he was sinking. He was disappearing into the depths of the sea. But he had the presence of mind, Lord, save me, help me. I got to be caught before I drown. I got to be turned around and caught, caught by the hand of Jesus, by his love, his mercy, by his power. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. He said, Peter, you, you just don't have enough faith. Why, why did you have to look at the circumstances? Wherefore dost thou doubt? What's the words translated from the written Greek that Matthew provided for us today? And he said, you, you shouldn't have doubted. You should have kept your eyes on me regardless of all the circumstances. Don't make the mistake, Peter, of taking your eyes off a man. And so he was saved. The rest of the story is a beautiful, and it's not a parable, by the way, this literally happened. And together, Jesus and Peter walked together. They came into the ship, the winds ceased. And when they were in the ship, the disciples, they came and worshipped him. And of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Today, as we come to the close of this service, we serve a Savior who is not swallowed up 
by the sea of circumstances in our life. He is not swallowed up by the deceits of the enemy. He's not deceived by man and what man attempts to do to do derail you and in your life. But Jesus walked on top of the sea. Jesus walks us to the ship when the circumstances of life begin to affect us. And he carries us with his arms of love and mercy and strength. This morning, as I bring this service to the close, I thank of the fact that so many times people do take their eyes or have never even put their eyes upon Jesus. But Jesus is the one we look to, not only to walk through this life. By the way, it's just so important that the sea was still there. Even today, it has its boisterous waves and the wind blows and howls upon it. I've been up on the Sea of Galilee, my wife and I, many years ago, on one of our anniversaries, the 24th one. We were there as part of a group that celebrated our wedding. They didn't celebrate it for us. We, we were doing it ourselves, of course. We were part of a tour group. But it was a wonderful time. And as I rode on the motorized boat across the Sea of Galilee or the Lake Genesaret, I was so thankful that the storm didn't come up while we were there. And I was so grateful that if the storm had came up, Jesus would still be there. Today, in your walk, your journey in this life, wherever, whenever it takes you to whatever, Jesus is with you to walk with you. Don't doubt. Believe in him. Amen. Let us stand to be dismissed. Brother Steve, I will ask you to dismiss us in prayer from this service.